This episode sponsored by our very own guest today, Sassy Confetti. Alex has started her own new line called Bedwine, and she offers sparkly, colorful lifestyle products. It's a collection that offers treasures to help you unwind in style, including wine glasses, coasters, loungewear, bookmarks, and more. Inspired by Alex's Bedwine journey, she wanted to offer life's little luxuries to help others relax after a long day. You can learn more at sassyconfetti.com and be sure to check out Bedwine. You can also search the hashtag Bedwine is the best wine. Thanks, Alex. The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Femlore. Hi, Rach. Mindy. How's it going? It's good. It's been a whole week. A whole week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite the week. Quite the week. But it's a beautiful day today. The Mm -hmm. sun is shining Mm -hmm. and I have an awesome story with an awesome guest. Ooh, tell me more. Should we dive into it? Yeah. Um, Great. Well, this week we are going to be telling um, Dido, Queen of Carthage. Um, Some people might have heard different tales of this, like there's there's plays. It's um, kind of a a well-known story, so maybe you've heard bits and pieces, but we're super excited to talk about that. Um, But before I get there, I wanted to let you know, um, sorry, Erin, I like clapped in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited talking with my hands. So before we get there, I wanted to tell you about the nonprofit that we'll be donating to this week. All right. So this week, we will be making a donation to the American Brain Tumor Association. Um, The mission of the American Brain Tumor Association is to advocate the understanding and treatment of brain tumors with the goal of improving, extending, and ultimately saving the lives of those impacted by brain tumor diagnosis. And yeah, we have an awesome guest. Her name is Alex, um, aka Sassy Confetti. (laughs) She is an awesome blogger, entrepreneur, um, podcaster herself. And I will I will save the introduction once we um, get through the story. But just wanted to share that because very excited. She's a, a dear friend. But are you ready for this one, Rachel? Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Awesome. Well, here we go. Dido, Queen of Carthage. Dido never liked her brother Pygmalion. It was more than just sibling rivalry. This was something else, as he was cruel for as long as she could remember. Her father had wanted Dido and her brother to split the inheritance equally, but after their father's death, Pygmalion denied Dido her inheritance. For Dido, this was fine, as she was married to a rich nobleman named Sicaeus. His wealth was more than her own. When their marriage took place, Dido was, for the first time in a long time, incandescently happy. One day, Sicaeus went to see Dido's brother. She waited for him to return, and waited, and waited. It was not until the next morning that she heard the news that her husband Sicaeus was dead. Later that night, he appeared to her, the dagger still in his heart with dried blood on his chest, Dido, it was your brother who murdered me. The apparition spoke in a muffled voice, like it was trying to yell, but it didn't have enough strength. But why, she asked. Pygmalion was jealous of her riches. 
Gather my hidden riches and leave immediately. You are in grave danger. And with those last words, he disappeared into thin air. Dido woke up with tears on her cheeks. She knew what she must do. She gathered others who were unhappy with her brother's rule and they loaded up a ship. They left their homeland and arrived in Cyprus where she met a priest of Astarte and promised him that he would be the high priest of her new colony. In addition to the priest, she took 80 young women who were prostitutes there in the name of Astarte and they all headed to a new colony. After visiting Cyprus, the group crossed the Mediterranean together and landed in Carthage. It was there that she made a deal with the local people. I will give you much gold and silver for what I can contain in the skin of a bull. The townspeople agreed, thinking that they were getting an incredible deal. Dido then cut the skin into eight long strips and placed them around a hill with the sea on the other side. The locals had no choice but to give her the land and uphold their deal. And it was there that Carthage was born with Dido as its leader. So, yeah, with that, um, let's now meet our special guest. Are you ready, Rachel? Yes, please. Awesome. Well, we are so thrilled today to have um, Alex with us from at Sassy Confetti on Instagram. If you're not following her already, you're missing out. Do that immediately, Um, please. (laughs) But I would love to pass it over to Alex um, and say welcome and please introduce yourself to our guests. Yeah. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. We're so happy you're here. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. Um, Yeah. My name is Alex. I have a um, Instagram account called Sassy Confetti and a blog um, all about body positivity and Chicago things to do. Basically, I say if it's about my life, you'll hear about it, um, which means a lot of stuff about women's rights too. Uh, all about that and rose and also and rose. <laughs> yes, I'm all about fun and hard topics. <laughs> I like it to be a balance. <laughs> totally and. Uh, um, I also have a podcast called Swipe Fat, which is all about dating um, while fat um, or plus size. And um, I host that with my uh, co-host, Nikki Nunez. Uh, so we do that once a week, talk about a lot of different topics, um, but, you know, online dating profiles, uh, what it's like to date when you are fat, uh, when you first meet someone, things like that. So, yeah, that's of me in a nutshell right now. Love it. Well, thank you for being with us. Because yeah, I think there's so much here about, you know, being a powerful woman and just everything that you do and helping to raise voice too to being a strong, independent woman, and then also adding the layer of being fat. I myself as a plus size woman, I I know and mm-hmm. have been there in the dating world. And I just I appreciate the um, the context and the voice that you guys are bringing to um, yeah. these topics. And, and I think I think we all know that like dating sucks for everybody, right? Totally. Um, mm-hmm. But then you add on an added layer of, you know, weight <laughs> and it just changes the game a little bit so yeah that's, yeah totally. and you know mindy yep yeah i feel you on that one and um yeah <laughs> there's always just so many different layers and one of the was it your first episode maybe it was your second the one where you're talking about um Oh my God, wait, I totally am having pregnancy (laughs) brain fart. Um, What were we just talking about? Oh, 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 here we go. Here we go. Okay. Um, It might have been your first episode or maybe your second, the one where you guys kind of talk about having to ask your friends, like, do I look fat enough in my profile? Mm -hmm. Um, That one just really resonated with me because, you know, thinking about, um, I did 
get married um, during the time of all these swiping apps. So I never used one for dating purposes. But I think about that, like, if I had and making sure, do I look fat enough in these pictures, because I don't want somebody to be surprised when they meet me. And just that whole episode was, um, you know, even brings to light when asking friends like, no, do I look fat? Like I, I genuinely am asking you and then people having the response of like, no, you don't look fat. You look beautiful. And you're like, no, no. Like yeah. I want to make sure <laughs> I look fat. I want to make sure that I look like me. Um, me, yeah, But exactly. even and all the like, issues oh, there God. of like, no, I get you're not so fat, you're beautiful. The, yeah, exactly. You can be fat and beautiful. Totally. So I just want you, I just tell me if I look like myself here or do I look, I hate saying, but like too skinny, right? Yeah. So <laughs> That people are like, wait, that's not, I don't want to be a catfish. Right. So Totally. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're happy you're here, everything you do, and we would love to jump into the story of Dido, Queen of Carthage. Um, So I really loved this story. Um, I just think that there's so much here, and um, I I would just love to hear kind of your overall thoughts. Did anything stand out to you, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot stood out. I personally like obviously she's a very powerful woman um which i think like she has a little bit of privilege right so totally (laughs) um like she has money and she has beauty so she has some things going for her that like help her throughout her story but knowing that this was you know written in i don't know was it 1800 Uh, not even sorry 800 yeah yeah Mm -hmm. bce yeah that she was like could do all these things Mm -hmm. and sort of like become the queen of a completely different place after fleeing her brother is insane. Um, That people even write about her as sort of her own character. Cause I feel like a lot of times you read stuff like this, they don't even have names sort of like someone's wife or someone's sister, you know, you're kind of like, Oh cool. She's faceless, Mm -hmm. but Dido isn't. So I think that that's, that's really powerful. Yeah, we see that a like lot she's... in stories for sure. Like the, right. the nameless, the daughter. Faceless. The yeah. daughter is always one mm-hmm. that gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're so right. Like her privilege, even having the chance to load up a whole ship. I know, and have mm-hmm. people to like <laughs> go and follow her. You know, and honestly, even the privilege of not not having more issue with her brother keeping her inheritance from her. You know, she already was like, mm-hmm. eh, I already have enough. Like, so I might have right? taken a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a Oh, is that not artistic, completely true? Well, okay. <laughs> so her father promised that they would rule together and that they like the, she would get half the inheritance and they would rule together. And then Pygmalion was like, no, mm-mm, I don't want that. And so he just like didn't let her do it. So that could have been my artistic kind of. So maybe she had more of a stink, but still it's yeah. like, it's not like she did something huge like she didn't rebel against it but I think that even talks to just the power of men and being able to be like no this is just what I'm gonna do and I'm sure that that still happens in families today Mm -hmm. unfortunately Mm -hmm. but um, really speaks to obviously the the throne essentially being left to the male heir but the father didn't want that which is kind of interesting uh that 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 is interesting actually that you brought that up like he wanted them to rule together. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he want he was like, yeah, I want this woman to be in power too. Yeah, that's yeah. Like I feel like unheard Go of. Go father. Right? Yeah, yeah. And she already, but she, he didn't trust her enough to lead it alone. So I don't know. True. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah, but I, I, 
Yes, I see that point, but also I think it was that he was trying to leave for both of them. But mm-hmm. maybe that's like my that's a good you know, point. I no. don't know. Me trying to see the like peachy side, I suppose. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although it's like you know talks about how cruel her brother. Yeah, like was. were they raised by different people? Like how did I don't know? He seems like he was a brat growing up, right? Well, he just sounds power hungry. Yeah, right. Like, totally. He's probably a victim of circumstance too. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, living in when you are that privileged, and I think you see that still, like you know now, where it's like people who are so uh, upset about they feel like they're the victims when people who are oppressed are trying to get equality. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing, you know. He's kind of doing that to Dido, sort of like, uh, yeah, no, you stay down so mm-hmm. that I can be more totally and, and have more money and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like a tale of all this time. Yep, totally. I mean, and even killing her husband to have even more. Like he was yeah. so jealous and didn't want to see her happy and having riches that he killed her husband. Yeah, that's not it. That was and like didn't like in the original story, he kind of just talked to like he tried to he tried to kind of like lead her astray and didn't didn't tell her that it, that his her fa- her husband had died like he was like really playing it up and being like a huge jerk about it and mm. so she found out through the dream that he had died um but yeah it's like wow it's not not a lot of f- family like how what are their gatherings like like how does <laughs> you know how does how does how christmas go probably or right. any, anything that you celebrate you know it must be so awkward it's like oh man we had such a big fight at work today not sounds great. like the crown <laughs> it really does <laughs> but it's nice that she was able to get away you know yeah. i mean start somewhere new and so i think like that's the next big part of this story for me um it kind of stood out too when she first gets there and like you know promises that that man gets to be the head priest Mm -hmm. and kind of Mm -hmm. that like you know even just the power to that religion and like people within religion had that like he was like oh yeah well i'll come with you guys because that's like you know he was going to have this great power um and knowing that she had brought a ship full of other people with her already and then we yes, come to the part that mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about, which, you know, I wasn't sure what it was supposed to represent or what it truly means. But then she took 80 young women, 80 young prostitutes from that area. And at first I'm like, okay, because, you know, Dido is kind of hailed as this, like, you know, I would say kind of like, you know, a feminist in mm-hmm. some way, like helping other women. And so at first I was trying to think of it that way. Like, was she taking them because she wanted to provide something different and better? But Rachel, you had more of the history here. And if you don't mind kind of sharing um, more of what that may have been about. Yeah, from what I could tell in, in the research, it's more like she gave them to men, like her comrades that helped her get out of um, get out of t- uh, get out of her, you know, get away from Pygmalion. Um, so yeah, it's not, not a great, not a great look. Um, it's pretty, pretty upsetting, but I do think it's, it's very telling. I think, of like that, you know, we see this a lot with women. Um, they're either one way or another. And I think Dido is more complex than that, which I think is mm-hmm. very interesting. But, um, also I think we have to call out like, that's not a great move. Right. Right. Like that, that shouldn't be a good, something that we exalt or think great of. Right. Um, and I, I do think, you know, she is still in this in the situation or the society where she is having to put other people down to get up, right? To mm-hmm. to be yeah. just like her brother. They're, this is, they're the same, right? Yeah, which really leads into when she tricks 
the townspeople. You know, it's like, I think we're supposed to see how cunning and brave she is through this story, which I definitely do see. But to your point, then, I mean, she had to use and trick people to get ahead because, mm-hmm. you know, then it's essentially like, well, they felt like they had to hold up their end of the deal, but that's not what she said. You know, it was it was a trick that then she used and cut up um, the hide so that it would give her access more to the land, sea, yeah. more land, all of these things. But yeah, Alex, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, all I thought when I read that was like, I feel like I was reading something about the U.S. and us taking land from like, Mm-hmm. colonists taking land from Native Americans, right? Yeah. Um, just because it felt like the same exact thing. Like, they're courteous, let you in, share a table, and then we're like, <laughs> just kidding. Totally. We're going to take your land, um, and I'm going to bring these people and, like, start my own community mm-hmm. um, and become powerful, and then basically you're going to die out. <laughs> right. thing, but I feel like that's like a hundred percent what I thought when I read it. Totally. But yeah. I agree with you. And just it's problematic. Totally yeah. problematic. And all along the way, it's all about like who can get more money and that like, that's yeah. essentially what we should attain for. And like, it doesn't matter who we hurt mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate hearing stories like that because I just think we so see that even in our modern culture, obviously. But to me, you know, i you know, I am still a very driven person, but really trying to find more balance because our culture and society just tells you like you always need more, more, more. And well, yeah. really, it's like no, what I need is more balance. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> um, but then you you hear these stories that are as old as time, as <laughs> what you were saying earlier, Alex. And um, you know, these stories are 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 there, and that's where it comes from. And money has always been something that people have held at a higher pedestal and allowed it to like excuse doing horrible things to other people Mm -hmm. yeah well I think it's interesting too that you brought up that you felt like um we're supposed to see Dido as like cunning and courageous and that's supposed to be like her being like this feminist like you know this person that we're supposed to look up to but it well like what if this was a man right Mm -hmm. like pretend it's a man or you know Pygmalion would we be would we be like oh you're just a jerk right you know so it's so it's sort of like, yeah, I appreciate that she like fought for what she needed in that moment because it's sort of like she had to survive too. Um, so can you blame her for that? Probably a little bit, obviously, but um, tons. But what other options does she have? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like, if it were a man, I would automatically be like, ew. Yeah. But then it's a woman. I'm like, oh, okay. Like. Right. I'll give it a little bit of leeway mm-hmm. because I know that she's oppressed too. Totally. In some way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so interesting. Um, but it's, I think it kind of comes back to this discussion of like um, specifically white women kind of, you know, mm-hmm. being like being okay with the patriarchy because they benefit. And I think that is, so you're playing the game of the system even though you, you, you're oppressed in the system, right? And and that's yeah. how you gain power. And I think Dido is kind of that, right? She's the white feminist that doesn't think about other people or other people's needs. She's just going to get what she wants in the system that she's in. Um, and so I think, it, you know, while, while I can say, well, one thing that I like about the story is that Dido is clever and it, Thank God it's not just that she showed up and was beautiful and they gave her land. Okay, so there's like an, an like a little a little bit of like oh well thank God this isn't like every other story we see on femlore. But the other side of it is like you know recognizing that that's 
like that she you know that you you said so beautifully she's coming from a place of power Mm -hmm. and like that in and of itself you know even though she's a woman that makes her very troubling right that doesn't make her somebody that we necessarily want to say is like all right great great work like good job Um, (laughs) you know we, we have to be kind of critical of, of the people that we're, we're thinking of, um, you know, as we look at these stories and be very critical of the women. The other thing is, you know, thinking about women is less like as not black and white, right? Um, so she is very gray. And I think seeing women in that light is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I do think even though I don't agree with anything that she did, um, you know, I do think that there's something really good about having stories about women that are problematic, right? Because we don't get that, right? We get the woman that's the dutiful woman that does the right thing all the time. Like, oh, God, must be so exhausting and so boring when you're, like, hanging out with people, <laughs> right? Like, today I got up and I did the right thing. It's like, oh, God, who are you? All right? the time. God, yeah. it's so exhausting. And you were wearing a beautiful dress and you did the dishes. <sighs> and, like, and you barf. kept your makeup on for it. Like, no, we don't need those stories. We need problematic stories to kind of show that women yeah. are people. We right. are all people. Yeah. And we all make mistakes and we're all terrible and we're all great and we're all awful, right? <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, I think that's that's what this story did for me um, with its problems. It was like, it's like this and another story that we recently did. It's like, you can say, okay, that's great that like, she got, she was able to kind of blossom in a system that is not good for her. But then at the same time, you know, thinking about um, how, how she behaved within that system and being okay with being critical of that. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't know. I have a very complicated relationship with Taito. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which I think is fair. <laughs> well, I did want to say a little little tidbit because I, as I was researching, I found out that um, like a Dido means like a mischievous trick or prank or an antic. Oh. So like you can, and I think the plural, oh, I'm going to get this so wrong. I think the plural is like Dido's, I think. <laughs> so like that's okay. multiple tricks. <laughs> So I was oh, thinking okay, okay. we could do like, we could start bringing that back. Like, was that a Dido? <laughs> Did you do that to me? Was that a Dido? Just me. Dido. Am I trying to make, am I trying to make that It sounds too much like dildos. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which can also be an antic in some ways. <laughs> Are these one dildo or we got multiple, multiple. dildos? <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, you're, I was gonna say like because that wasn't her original name, right? Right. Yeah, her original like, name was Al- Alyssa, right? I think. Yeah, Alyssa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So isn't it almost like interesting that they were like, okay, we're gonna rename her to Dido because she's I don't know. They're not giving her like a nice name. They're giving her like a know, like a shitey name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost like a. I don't know how to, explain. I was going to say where, but I forget the name of it. But um, I don't know. That makes me, that kind of annoyed me. I was like, of course, like this person who is like powerful, this powerful woman, you're going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Actually, we're going to rename her Dido because it's like, she's mischievous. And that's like what women are like. Yep, exactly. Like, that's what we want people to know about her. Um, and, right. Yeah. That's the part that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally. She played a prank on someone. Yeah, actually, I think that's just so I think oh, I don't know. I was reading different ones, but uh, so people can yell at us later. Uh, but <laughs> I, so Dido, I think, means wanderer in like that in the language of yeah. Carthaginian. But 
we in a, in English use Dido as a trick or an antic. So I think your uh, your point okay, still okay. holds though. Like we use that in English to mean something negative, mm-hmm. right? Like right, a, right. That and so I think you're totally right on that. It's spot on is like, of course, she went from like Alyssa to like prank to (laughs) to trick I mean essentially you go from Alyssa to trick yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. and I was trying to look at though like in now how it's kind of used that her legacy is especially strong in Tunisia which is where like you know kind of modern day of where Carthage was um to kind of help tie all that in but um whose women are sometimes called the daughters of Dido and where she is regarded as a national symbol and was even previously featured on their currency in Tunisia. Mm. So, I mean, really prolific figure in like the history and area of that, um, which I thought was interesting. Well, that's interesting that she's not actually from there, right? Because she's Phoenician. Mm-hmm. Phoenician, yeah. And so it's interesting that, uh, you know, she's she's a colonizer, right? Uh, that's so yeah. interesting. And so actually that does do really that's an amazing parallel to the United States because who's mm-hmm. on our currency, right? Totally. Uh, that's I it. was just going to say that's like us being like, we have Columbus Day. Yeah, right. 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 George Washington. I mean, slave owner, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, it's all very, very problematic. And I, I think, you know, I, I think we can give some a little bit more leeway to Dido than America, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just my personal opinion. But um but yeah, it's interesting that she's not actually from there, but she's exalted right uh, there, which is, I, I find that very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, something else kind of tying into all of this as we're talking about, like, maybe why some of her stuff was excused. And Alex, I feel like you brought this up earlier, but really, you know, we hear accounts all the time about her beauty. And though we didn't mention it in the story, it was incredibly renowned, like people are always talking about it. So does that reinforce that women have to be beautiful? to hold power. Mm -hmm. And even I think there's definitely tie-ins. I'm just curious too, with um, if there's any tie-in there with swipe fat and dating in the modern age and thinking about, you know, how we are so quick to judge people and like, what is beautiful and what do we give authority to? Yeah. I think that's absolutely a a huge parallel. Like society gives, um, you know, more weight to people who are seen as um, traditionally pretty based on society standards. Right. Um, so like, and why we basically do the podcast is because of that, because it's harder to meet people. It's harder to not be, um, to automatically be seen as a fetish instead of as a person, um, you know, and that I have to worry about that and other people don't, um, completely sucks, but it's like, yeah, I think we, this isn't about swipe that, but I think people, even at work, when you're seen as like, you know, in the corporate world, the way that you're perceived, with the way that you dress um, and look definitely like helps you advance further up and up the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of like the same thing with Dido. It's sort of like, of course, she's going to get ahead if she's traditionally pretty. She's what society uh, thinks is gorgeous because then men are going to be a little bit more lenient about what she gets away with. Right. Uh, I think it's harder for women who are not society standard of traditionally pretty to get away with stuff like that. And then, and you know, like you see this in politics a lot, um, get told that they're 
too bossy or um, they're too serious or that they should smile more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those are people in power, but they're still, they talk about how they look all the time. And it's like, you don't all do that time. with men. Right. Right. Totally. But yeah, I think you get away with a lot more. And I think that that's where the the whole trickster stuff comes in is that men automatically think that like women are tricking them because they're pretty and they're getting away with stuff. And it's like, well, no, you're the one like letting them get away with stuff because you think that they're traditionally beautiful. Right. You're excusing like if they're a bad yeah, person. Behavior. They're, exactly. oh, man, I heard this on like an NPR story and I think it's like a book or a memoir. Um, but just what you were saying made me think about it. This incredible story of this girl who um, essentially her doctor had prescribed her, I forget what it is, like one of those weight loss drugs that made you, it was basically like speed. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. right like that one that's now like off the market what, uh, yeah like in the 80s or yes 90s, yeah and like, so yeah. she was like taking it and um essentially after she lost all this weight just like the things that people were no longer expecting from her and she's like I no longer had to be a good caring person because I was yeah. now like thin and beautiful but she's also talking about how like she had met this person in her um community or maybe it was even in her apartment building like she had met this person before when she was fat and he like didn't give her a second glance like um it was some sort of like interaction or passing and then when she was thin they ran into each other again and he asked her out on a date and they started dating and she was like it took her forever to actually open up and tell him you don't remember me do you but i mean had completely looked past her until she fit you know, the societal norms. And I mean, there's also a part, obviously, like you're attracted to who you're attracted to, but I think there's also... I think you're attracted to who you're attracted to, but society's telling us to Mm -hmm. be attracted to. Exactly. That like, oh, "Oh, that can't be attractive if somebody's fat or if somebody's larger than me. I definitely, like, and we hear this all the time um, from our spec fat community, that like guys will be like, yeah, I really like you, but... Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's sort of like once they're like, I don't want to introduce to my friends. I'm embarrassed. Right. Like they want to keep you at home. Yeah. I'll keep you at home because I really like you and I'm attracted to you, but I don't think everyone else will be attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to think that I'm lazy or unhealthy because I'm with someone like you. Well, and um, that huge assumption that just because you're fat or plus size that you're lazy and unhealthy, like, yeah, just, ugh. but I know. Oh my gosh. It's frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> you're so right. We just talked about this so on like that recently, where it's like because I, um, I was growing up, I was straight sized, and not that I thought I was straight sized, I definitely thought I was um, <laughs> bigger than I was. But um, I have been able to go from you know like one to another. Um, where I was like growing up, I was probably size eight, and now I'm a size eighteen, and I can see the difference in how I'm treated by men. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it, like you know, when I was a lot. I mean, two, I was younger, so, like, you know, now I'm 36, so I think there's stuff that comes along with that, too, right? You know, being younger and more naive, men might give you more attention because, again, they think that they can get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now that I'm larger and in a larger body, I definitely see a difference. It's like you'll be at a bar, and it's like the guy will only want to talk to you so he can get with your friend. And it's like, I don't know why you think that that is going to help you, trying to befriend me that you think it in my friend's pants but um it's not right <laughs> um but you're it's like you're only being nice to me um 
because you want something from me. Right. Not because. And even I think kind of trying to put fat people in that like, oh, well, you can be like the fat friend, but not. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not You can be the side character, not the main character. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. with your new show too, which I feel like maybe only glossed over, but I know you guys have a streaming show called Dating in the Modern Age. And it's nice because you are the main character mm-hmm. and that's so refreshing. And I love seeing it, you know, not having to be on the sidelines, yeah. um, really helping to make a change there, which mm-hmm. is great. And I myself too, I was the same thing, straight sized um, when I was younger and always thought I was so huge because, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, like I went through puberty before my friends. And so I was friends with girls that were still like a size zero and I was a size six or an eight thinking that I was some gigantic monster. Although I was like same, five, same. I was like five, seven in like fourth or fifth grade. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I was pretty gigantic. Um, but still like, <laughs> anyways, I don't, and just even like, why does that have to be an issue? But society, you know, then you're you're different you're other and um yeah I feel like we there's so much and so much of this does stem from this story and these things that we see and how it's kind of like from beginning of time like we see this in so many of the stories that we talk about here at femlore but you know whether it be these fairy tales that we all know so well or a story like this it's still her beauty that is talked about and upheld but the thing that I do like is that at least in this story even though I don't like that she tricked and manipulated people, it is supposed Mm -hmm. to be like her cleverness Mm -hmm. that helps her in quote unquote winning. Yeah. Which is, is refreshing. I agree. At least, I don't know. And like the problem of this story, it's the less problematic part of the story, which like, okay, that's, that's nice. And she has a name. So, Hey, that's two, two for what, (laughs) two for two over five or something, two over 10. This is pretty good. Um, you know, I think that, that though her being a woman is also something that, so I can't, I can't back up this claim because I was, we were doing a lot of research and, I only found a mention of this in like two, two different sources. So I can't really back this up, but I did find that many scholars believe this, like this story was a means to discredit Carthage when it was in the Mm -hmm. Aeneid. And I don't like, I kept trying to find out why. And, you know, if any listeners have any ideas, let me know, but I'm wondering if it's because she was a woman. I just really quickly want to read two lines from the original seizing. They frightened with gold. They freight. Sorry. They freighted with gold and sorted Pygmalion's treasured treasure floated away on the sea. And this was the deed of a woman. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe a, a woman did that. Right. What? She left? I know. I feel like you, I feel like you could read it two ways, right? Like a deed of a woman. Like I'm surprised. Yeah. Like, oh my God, congrats girl. Like good for you. Or you could read it like, look at women. They are oh. the worst. Either way, it feels kind of like patronizing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, 100%. It feels like, oh, God, she could do that? What? It's right. like, all right. <laughs> all right, Virgil, settle down here, buddy. Settle like, down. Has a brain? Oh, my <laughs> wait, God. Wait, she can speak? What? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Is, is a lot of problem. But I do think that that was very interesting. And again, I can't back that claim up because I kept looking for like, what, like, what, what was the discredit? And the only thing I could think of, or like, you know, sort of start to postulate was that potentially it was because she was a, you know, she was a, she, she happened to be a woman. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what the, you know, Carthage run by a woman. <gasps> Somebody Gasp. clutch their pearls, clutch them. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Gap. Yeah, right. It's terrible. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I I really enjoyed this story. I think maybe partly too, to be honest, part of what I enjoyed is like I have been fortunate enough to go to the Mediterranean before mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite places and I miss travel so much in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so like just even hearing a story and letting it kind of like take you there and thinking of other parts in the world. But as beautiful as that is, and we're kind of thinking about other cultures, which I always love learning about that. I think the saddest thing to me is that across so many cultures and across so much time, it's always a story of kind of like women having to rely on men. And I mean, you know, she's able to be cunning at the end, but also then doesn't she go on and have like a couple different suitors and people too, you know, after her first husband. And it's always that she still should and would be with someone. It's not just like she came here and then was like, okay, like I've had my love, like I'm ready to just rule. And I mean, and not like you don't deserve to. Does she have any kids? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. But it's kind of interesting that we don't know that. I kind of like that because so often women are taught and told that like their power and like what they're supposed to do in life is have kids. And we know Mm -hmm. that that's not true, but like it's constantly Mm -hmm. told in stories and still just in the modern times. I feel like it's, yeah, I mean, I myself am expecting and have a kid on the way, but also it was like a long (laughs) journey for me. And along the way, I was able to really reflect and think about like, what do I want? And man, like society had just really already done a number in my brain and thinking that like, I was, you know, going to be a better wife and worthy. And even though like, I know these things aren't true, but it felt like I should be able to have a child. Like, this is what I do next. Right. And I really did some digging and was like, no, like we don't have to do that. But I had always kind of, if you ever met somebody, like I think about this woman who I worked with, who I absolutely loved, but like, I remember when I first met her, people would be like, oh, you know, she's just like a workaholic. Like she doesn't have any kids. And the weird connotation that like, that's some sort of like, you know, oh, there's something like kind of wrong with you if you choose not to have Mm -hmm. kids. And it's like, that is not the fact at all. And sorry, I took us down like a weird (laughs) side trail. I just like very strongly believe that like every woman does not have to have children. And we need more stories too that help to promote and give the idea that you can lead a full life without that. Well, and a lot of times the decision to not have children is a lot more intentional than the decision to have children. So I think that's also something that, you know, is, is something that gets glossed over, um, you know, and, and making that intentional, or maybe, maybe it's circumstance, you know, it's, everybody has their own story, but I do think that that's very interesting that we, that we just expect that from people. And like, you know, I, I personally am going through that journey right now where I'm trying to figure out what I want. And I, I don't know, but I do think, you know, my husband and I have talked a lot about like, look, we're happy. We're very happy right now. And I think about his parents and I think about my parents and how happy they would be with a child. And my husband was like, yeah, that's great. But they don't raise the child. Right. Like you, right. that's, that's you. what I was going to You say. have to do that. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, I don't like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going through this and I don't know. I've asked a lot of friends. I've tried to get some opinions and, you know, it's, it's a tough decision, but I think that, that thinking about it, like, whatever makes you happy is yes. something that you have to soul, you know, that I have the luxury to search well, my soul like for, which is wonderful. Giving you the power for that decision. Cause mm-hmm. here, you know, I thought of the same thing and this is like a really bad parallel, but I'm going to share it wait, anyways. I can't wait. You do. Um, you it go. makes me think about, I constantly, I've been watching House Hunters International because as I mentioned, I miss travel and I'm like, show me the world. Um, but 
which that shows funny. I can't funny. wait to see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> that shows funny for so many reasons. But I feel like I'm constantly seeing in that show where people will be like, well, we're going to like where it's just a couple, right? And they're like, well, we need a three bedroom because we want people to be able to come and visit. And it's like, okay, but like, you're the one who has to live there all the time. You're the one who said that like, all you do is you like, you know, sing songs to you're people to make money. Ta- or like, tamer and yeah, they, you you're a gerbil tamer. Exactly. <laughs> and like, so these people who are like, don't have enough money, but they're so worried about this, like one small thing and like making other people happy and being like, we need a three bedroom because somebody might come visit us once while we live here where it's like, <laughs> okay, but instead, couldn't you just all the money that you'd save month over month, you could just put them up in a hotel. Like what? I just, I don't ever, you know, I mean, so I anyways, say, when, I'm on the, I'm on the guest <laughs> argument i'm on the room i'm pro room oh so. i am not my husband we lived in a one bedroom one bath combo <laughs> like, and it was fine. like i mean hey you can come visit us and sleep on the couch or like we can you know honestly how much we saved not having a bigger place it's like we can pay and put you up in a hotel and that would be more convenient than every month paying for something that doesn't really ever happen i mean that makes sense that makes sense. I mean, and I know that like a home isn't a kid, but I don't know when you said that <laughs> for some reason made me think about that. <laughs> the third bedroom is for the other person. Just right. Like the kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. so much of what we're taught to do mm-hmm. as women is thinking about and like pleasing other people. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that guest room. Okay. <laughs> I don't care what you say. <laughs> it makes me happy. All right. Hey, so. well, if that is for you, yes, then do it. Darn it. That's just my only thing. <laughs> Wait, is it? I don't know. If it's Alex, are you pro guest room or not? <laughs> now I mean, we need to know. Honestly, guys, I am so single that a guest room isn't even on top of my <laughs> 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 Like, you definitely get, get your own hotel room. Right. <laughs> you want to come see me? <laughs> so oh, you're, man, you're on my side. Darn it. It's two to one. <laughs> this is not a fair fight. Well, you guys can, neither of you can stay in my guest bedroom. Okay, Fine. For we'll that get kind a hotel. Life. Yeah. Okay. Good. Get a hotel. We'll get a hotel like a normal person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You a guys second, are both invited. A second, sound, a second room sounds great for like um, my own use. Right. Which, fair. which I, I, yeah, I think Mindy would agree with me there. Totally. Totally. <laughs> we're, we're in my like multi-use Mindy room right now that I um, will probably have to give up someday but it is um yeah i feel very... i want a multi-use sassy room that yes. sounds great i want you to have one too filled with confetti um yes well alex it's always such a joy speaking with you and thank you for helping us dissect this story and for continuing to use your voice to um just yeah everything that you do i know you have other projects on the forefront that are coming too so don't forget yeah. to follow alex at sassy confetti on instagram and be sure to check out swipe fat their podcast wherever you find your podcast and while you're doing all of that be sure to um share femlore with your friends you know let them know if you liked this episode um feel free to leave us a review and as always you can follow along and dm us leave comments um let us know if you liked this episode on instagram at femlore podcast Oh, and uh, you can also support us. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is new. Yeah, you can support us by uh, writing, uh, obviously, write, if writing a review or doing something like that, which is always great. But we also have a, a monthly membership you can join. Um, it's just a way to support the podcast. And uh, yeah, you can go, you can check out our link on Instagram. Definitely. Yeah, we appreciate it. If you like the content that we're producing and want to see more of it, feel free to support us. Um, and with that, Alex, Thank you again so yeah, much. Such a pleasure so having, having you. And um, we will talk.
talk to you soon, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll talk next week about another problematic story. Yes, we will. <laughs> Rachel and I will be back. I will be we'll be back with in. more. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, <laughs> Alex. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at Femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going. So please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!